Hey everybody, this is your humble host and Dungeon Master 1, Dylan. L- real, real quick one this week, I promise. We've got a giveaway going on, the details of which you can find at semiautomagicinc.com. Basically, what you can do is send an email to diceandvirtue, D-I-C-E-A-N-D-V-I-R-T-U-E, at gmail.com, uh, with the subject line, June 2019 giveaway, or giveaway June 2019. That will enter you into a giveaway for some free custom artwork, uh, that you get to decide what it, what it is, uh, from drawn by friend of the show, Shannon Hay, who is incredible and amazing and a professional illustrator. She's amazing. We're really, really excited to number one, be her friend, but number two, to, to be working with her in a professional capacity like this. So that giveaway. The drawing is going to happen on Monday the 15th. This episode is going up on the 12th of July. Uh, so you've got this weekend to get those submissions in. Go ahead and do that, and we'll catch you on the other side. Thanks for listening, all our buddies. Back to Dice and Virtue Season 3, The Ironside Chronicle. I am your humble host and Dungeon Master One, Dylan. Joining me, as always, the Dicey One. Hello, it's me, the Dicey One, and my dice seem to deplete day after day. My name's Christina, and I'm playing Tess. And the Virtuous One. It's me, the Virtuous One, Casey they call me. I was found at auction in a mysterious location in South New Pennsylvania. They never did know what the bidding was, but the terrible results live on in the public record. Now, do you have these just, like, saved in your back pocket for... This is... This is all that improv training. Yeah, sometimes like I'll have like a rough idea, but mostly it's just off the old dome piece, which is why I'm they're surprised so you don't bad. work on these. They're so bad, Dylan. <laughs> well, like uh, I was, it's yeah. I, mm. <laughs> well, because my my experience with with this podcast, right, is that I'm always thinking about it. Yeah, and like fair. I practice some of the narration, like oh, in yeah, my yeah. car when I'm alone, and so like the the idea that you come up with these intros just like. As we hit record, it fucking boggles my mind. So well, anyway, it, well, I mean, and honestly, I think I think we could agree that accounts for the hit and miss ratio. <laughs> like you're my buddy <laughs> and you love me, that doesn't mean you think everything I say is objectively good. No, but I get it. Like that bit from like the third episode where Ali was like, "I am the walking wind. You may call me a hobbit." I've been saying that in my head and out loud in front of a mirror for two goddamn years. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, so. Last time on this show, uh, Mohabbat Ali and Tess uh, had and Punk had a fun adventure in a and forest. our horse and our horse who we forgot. No, you still you've still got your horse. Yeah, I mean we have them now, but we sure did forget them when we crossed through that barrier. As I recall, the uh, the impetus for leaving the horses behind was that you weren't sure what was going to be beyond. We would the never forget like, the horses behind. I know. Where are we have... going to put the saddlebags? So, uh, you traipsed through a forest and got a pretty good stick, uh, 
and then you made your way through a military checkpoint and beheld the site of the city of Ironside. Uh, yeah, uh, and what did, what did we take to get there? Metropolis. What did we take to get What's there? Up? What did we take to get there? The Iron Road. The Iron Road. Lined with uh, electric lamps. Yeah, such as a um, Mistborn might use. Perhaps uh, you could call them an electric light. I mean, you could. Uh, it seems uh, ungainly. They're magic. Uh, perhaps if you got a bunch of bards together to travel the Iron Road, I'm so excited. They could be called the Electric Light Orchestra. Yes, <laughs> I'm so excited. That makes me so happy. God damn it! I promised Donna I'd try not to yell so much. <laughs> I couldn't have known I was going to be up against that when I made that promise. Um. Uh, if if you could get. A group of bards to travel across the Cavacana Dominatum. Uh-huh. You might call them uh, the uh, uh, because because the Dominatum right is, is no a explain explain tundra. before you hit the punchline. Uh, this is the best way. <laughs> you you could perhaps call them a Trans Siberian Orchestra. Nice, um, very nice. So, anywho, Christina, give that man a pat on the cheek. Uh, uh, I'm going to give myself inspiration and five hero points for for those two jokes. Five. What? Yeah. Okay, that well, no, okay, wait a minute. Like, if this okay, is how no, no, this economy no, works, I want reparations for my intros. <laughs> uh, you can't just give your... I think, I'm, I think I'm owed some back hero points for all these intros that you claim are so amazing and off the dome. Unless you're just okay, pandering to so me, flattering my beheld, ego, ruffling it up beheld. like a dog who's been outside in the rain. They come outside, you get a towel, and you go, rugga, 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 and they get all fluffy. Casey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you have beheld the uh the site of the sprawling industrial metropolis of Ironside replacing the wheat fields that once surrounded the holy mountain in the silent savanna. Yeah. Uh you make your way down through the mountain pass uh toward the city of Ironside. Now, uh, what is your first first order of business within the city? Where would you like to head? Uh, home. Uh, home for Tess meaning what? Home. <laughs> home meaning for Tess is her father's workshop, which okay. on top of that is their literal home. Right. Yeah. Living living above the the workshop, and uh, so we we discussed off air a little bit about who Tess's father is. Yes. Uh. uh <laughs> Uh, is it Alex Trebek? Tess, would you like to uh, regale um, Ali with with some semblance of who who your father is, or uh, would you just like to lead him along to the workshop and let him figure it out himself? I'll let him know that Ali, punk, mm. would you mind if we really quickly went to my father's workshop? Oh. We are in my hometown, Certainly. after all. We might as well find somewhere to rest, and you know, uh, pops you, has a place for us to rest. You are the native here. I will defer to your expertise, uh, punk. Uh, sort of looks around a little bit and goes, I've got some stuff to go take care of, but I'll meet up with you guys later. Uh, you're 13. And I've been entrusted with uh, some very important tasks, and I'm 14. Thank you. Okay, well then please at least be home by 11. Yeah, yeah. Then he scampers off. Wait, wait. Okay. Take love with you. No! <laughs> but no, it's like he's gotta take his little brother. Like, oh, you're going to the record shop? Johnny loves record shop. I am not taking the demon with me. You hang on to that one. Mm. Be safe. 
Okay, bye. Don't forget to eat dinner. Aw. Love's all sad. Yeah, okay. He's got, like, a baseball cap on, says Ironsides. Like, he was ready to see the sights. Oh! He's got, like, a fun saver around his made. neck. This is where Love was made. Well, this still. This is his home. You know, well, you know, the city looks different when you've been out and you come back. You realize That's how fair. incredibly shitty Lancaster actually is. <laughs> well, we haven't been back, so we wouldn't know. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> uh, so, you... Uh, uh, begin to traipse through the streets la, uh, la, la. toward uh, the LaCoil workshop. That's so cool. That's uh, uh, so cool. The streets are uh, are all very neatly laid out. Uh, they are uh, kept very, very clean. Uh, they are made of this smooth cobblestone. Um they are lined with yet more of those electric lights we were mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so the civic infrastructure infrastructure in Ironside seems to be top notch, pretty good. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, Christina, I've been meaning to ask. I'm yes. I'm not I'm not trying to derail. This is an honest question. Uh, Lacoil yeah. is is that yes. are the, are the prefix and the body name are those separated by a space or are they joined like DiCaprio? It's an apostrophe. It's, it's L apostrophe coil. It's an apostrophe. Okay, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah I was updating the um, the TV tropes and realized I had no idea what I was doing. Vis a vis Tessa's nomenclature. Uh, so, um, uh, uh, through the streets, uh, the the streets are actually much wider uh, than than they first appeared from from very far off. Sure. Uh, and they seem rather empty, uh, though there are cats aplenty. Clearly. And dozens of people milling about. Um, you know, the, there's just a lot of room here. Everybody's okay. got, you know, their personal space and then some. Uh, I would like to roll uh, perception or insight or whatever would be appropriate. Because, um, like, you talk about personal space and the United States has a higher and more ridiculous standard of personal space than almost anywhere in the world, right? Like, Americans sure. get real upset if you get closer than, like, a foot to them, and that's not how it is in most of the world. So what I want to figure out is, is this a cultural thing, or is what I'm seeing a population that isn't big enough for its city? Like, should there be more people here? Uh, yeah, go ahead and roll insight for me. Okay. That's an 18. These are streets... Uh, designed for freight, mm. right? These are streets that were laid out with the intention in mind that you could roll huge machinery or large processions of people down them. Okay, uh, you know, just to get around. Okay. Right? Which makes sense. Get, which makes sense given like the city's main like monetary gain is the Ironsides Foundation. Right, that tracks. So you have a ton of people just rolling big old weapons through. Sometimes you have like their this D&D's mm-hmm. version of Baymax. Sure. Uh, amongst other things. And big, like, vehicles. Tess, do I interpret correctly that the city sprung up around the various uh, workshops and manufactories? It did, yeah. A lot of us here kind of mm. settled all together just because we wanted to build. Mostly, it, from what like my dad told me, from what his dad told me, from what his dad told me, mm-hmm. was that like uh, really people just wanted to protect each other and the mountain. There were so little people left after the mm. Great Rahalian War that, mm. you know. Why does a mountain need protection? 
I'm not really sure. We just know that it's important. Mm, I see. Yeah. I mean, okay, so do you know what the Salasahim are? Uh, Dylan, can I roll history to see if I know what the Salasahim are? Go for it, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Also, I don't want to forget uh, this. This is very... What's up? Uh, in fact, I won't even make you roll. Uh, the 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 Holy First Sermon on the Mount, on, on the Holy Mountain, uh, was a big deal. Okay. Like, it is it is the cultural fabric of the the entire hemisphere. Oh, okay. Right? Like, all of the kingdoms south of the spine of the world started with emigrants from the the people who settled the savannah okay. after the Salasim were gone. Okay, so, cool. Radical. Yeah. So we know this mountain is important. I imagine some details have been lost in time. And yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. like, if you wanted more detail about Salasahim beliefs or belief structures or, mm-hmm. like, that sort of thing, then I might uh, ask for a role. Yeah. But right. The, but, the shared history is pretty common knowledge. Okay. But uh, the mountain was important to them, and, mm. you know, every year we have a specific holiday where you get on. Uh, it's kind of like a slow-moving trolley. You get mm. on and we circle the mountain. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, not too distant into the into the city on your way toward the uh, the the Lacoil workshop, you uh, pass into uh, uh, just this town square. Right, um, uh, four roads meet at this this open little park courtyard sort of thing. Uh, some trees have been planted here. Um, park benches, nice little walkways near mm-hmm. some shrubbery. Um, and in the middle of this this town square, there is this enormous, intricate fountain um, depicting uh, a bunch of woodland creatures who are all somehow not right. Um, at their center, of course, is the figure from mythology that led them into the the, the final battle for for uh, for Rahel some thousand years ago. The uh, warlord Barrio, the two-headed bear, uh, depicted in all his greatness, all his splendor, uh, uh, this this incredibly in- intricate uh, suit of armor adorning him. Uh, his one of his mouths is wide open in this just brutal war cry, uh, and yeah, he is leading the charge for these uh, uh, multi-tailed snakes and these. Uh, uh, deer with six legs and these uh slight deer uh, if you will sure uh uh you know creatures of of all all stride yet somehow deformed Mm -hmm. um and and they are depicted with all of this splendor right um uh tess you know this square as uh as the fairy tale square yeah that's just what it's called yeah. Or, or as it's known locally, the Barrio Squareo. Yes, clearly, that's what students call it mostly nowadays. Yeah. We just kind of, you know, fairy tale square. It's a little yeah. more adult. You got you grow out of it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I would like the record to uh, show this is this is ahead. where institute kids come to smoke. Yeah, <laughs> and look edgy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I would like the record to show that Ali, um, he was trained in history, but like you know, stuff gets blurry and weird, and he is now. Like, he saw the statue and the fountain and thought he remembered something, but he remembered wrong. So he is now 100% under the belief that this city was founded by a two-headed bear. <laughs> uh, so, Ali, the the bear. statues, 
They're supposed to be more symbolic. Like, Barrio right. wasn't a bear. It was his name. Right. And he, he was, just kind of like this. two bears. Yes. No, no, no. He was just a very powerful man. And it was said that he had the frosty of two bears in one. So, you mm. know, hmm. double-headed bear statue. It's a little silly, but. I see. No, no. The, the, mm-hmm. meta- the metaphor is, is quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ali would like to roll to see if there are any snack carts. Go for it, Perception? Yeah. And what am I looking for here? What about how, how do I do a percept it up? I want to do a sniff check. I want to get carried along on a delicious aroma like Jughead towards a platter of delicious hamburgers. Percept it up. Yeah. Oh man, uh, that's a ten. Uh, so Ali's not really hungry. He just wants to eat. You know. Yeah. The the aromas of the city uh carry you in in many directions. There is uh, a fine crispness to the air throughout the city. Ooh. Um. Uh. You know, despite the the smokestacks billowing uh, high into the sky, the air at ground level here uh, feels quite fresh, hmm. uh, and you can you can smell uh, the light scents of the flowers as you walk by them. Uh, you are inundated by the uh, the delicious aromas of many bakeries and taverns, mm. um, which have thrown their their windows open wide to attract customers. Sure. Um, here in the square, uh, there are in fact a few sparse, just like pop up carts, sure. uh, with some packaged goods, some some things that uh, some of the local bakeries had had made maybe yesterday. They're not quite as fresh. Kind of uh, kind of things like puff pastries stuffed with meat. Right. Yeah. Um, there's there's a stand exclusively selling junk food. Sure. Uh, that is just he's making cotton candy and popcorn mm. and uh yeah it's it's a real good time mm. ollie um ollie's got himself a sweet tooth he doesn't have oh. a lot of opportunity to exercise it again you know been living in the woods for 90 years or however long um you'd think yeah, i'd know you'd, you'd think wrong um but yeah he's he's a real a real sucker for the candied goods uh, so he's gonna approach this this junk food stand um how do i roll to invent cracker jack <laughs> uh cracker jack being like caramel covered popcorn yes exactly so yeah if he's got like an assortment of if he's got because like cracker jack was sort of invented by accident like the guy who invented it was selling these items individually he was selling peanuts and popcorn and marshmallows and all this stuff together and some dude said hey man give me all of it mixed together and that's how we get the delicious nonsense confection that makes your hands oh so sticky and then your mom gets mad when you touch her strides and records so uh, that's what I want to figure out is how to make a delicious taste sensation that's going to become the very symbol of Ironsides. That's what people are going to think. They're going to forget the Magitech and all the industry, and they're going to think of delicious, rot your teeth, good snackums. How long has it been since uh, Ali has last been in Ironside? You know, that's a good question. I don't know that he's ever been there. Um, okay. If if he has been, I'm going to say he was a young man, and that it was like a business trip of his father's. Sure. And, so, and, if, and if he was there, he was 100% doing nerd shit. Like, he wanted to see the historical buildings or whatnot. So, pause for motor. Um, pause. <laughs> so, uh, the, uh, yeah, I, I imagine Ali has had this this idea floating around in his head. Of He's just, been like, thinking about combining it for everything 60 he years. Can <laughs> it's a, what he, like, daydreams about when he's in the forest. He's got diagrams. Like, <laughs> 
Yep, he's like, one day yeah. I'll put cotton candy on the popcorn. They said so, it couldn't so be absolutely. done. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you you walk up to this confection stand and you're just like, give me all of it. Just exactly. give me everything. Cool. Uh, do you have any money? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, no, I, t- I took some coin with me when I went to um, to uh, to the Shiba the, the Shiba Shake town. Um, Shallow mist to, to, to the to the Shake Shack. Uh, so there's there's bound to be a little little bit of that left. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah, you uh, you take care of that. No problem. Uh, and and you have this utterly incredible uh, uh, concoction that Ali has been dreaming about and salivating over for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Um, and children nearby are wide-eyed with amazement, and several of them begin tugging on their mothers uh-huh. and, and asking for exactly that same thing. My gift to you, little ones. Not not this specific one. This is mine. But you can. <laughs> I just imagine a bunch of kids crowding Ali. And because he's a halfling and yep. they're like human children, yep. they're like, give it. Digit, nope. And he's dodging, <laughs> just <laughs> ducking and just weaving. Just street thugs, just Oliver Twist and company. God, yeah, they all exactly. have little like tinker toys. Oh, one God. just has like a little bee. Yep. But like a big bee. <laughs> it's like Dickensian urchins. Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, your your walk through Ironside is pleasant. Yeah, um, it's home. Uh, you continue toward uh, the heart of the city. Uh, the Lacoil workshop is is uh, in the uh, one one of the finer districts of the city. Sure. Um, the the streets begin to narrow as you get further and further in. Um, the workshops in this this uh, the the uh, they call it the artisan district. Uh, the the workshops and the the metalworks and the leatherworks and all of these these places are actually much quieter than the rest of the city um, because there are just fewer people working in them. Um, so yeah, you you make your way to the Lacoil workshop, mm-hmm. uh, and do you uh, want to poke around first, or do you just want to head straight in? I just want to head straight in. Mm. All right, Tess. How mm. long has your family been in Ironsides? Ever since Ironsides was established mm. here in the silent savannah. Mm. Old family. Mm. Legacy. Yeah. Important. Mm. Mm-hmm. Also, so the Coils were one of the first families that uh, uh, founded the Ironside Foundation along with uh, Maggie Ironside herself. Hmm. Uh, where I come from, uh, my family is also uh, foundational. We go back many generations. It is mm. interesting to see what similarities uh, appear in the lives of two people who seem at first to be so different. Also, uh, I wasn't sure if Love was allowed to have any of uh, this confection, so I gave him some, and I think he's broken oh. now. Oh, no! His, uh, his, his knife hands have jammed with uh, uh, marshmallow and popcorn, just sticking all of them in place, and he tr- keeps trying to scrape it off. Right, oh, but it's buddy. just building but, more up. Yeah. Right. So he's just this tangled, sticky mess. He's getting, like, dirt on himself, too, because it's sticky. So yeah. Like, yep. Bah, 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 bah. Exactly. I, yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, my dad will fix him up. Mm. I need to fix his face anyway, so we'll need to take him apart. That's a very upsetting idea to me. Carry on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I promise it won't be. It won't be too weird. Anyway. By the time we get there, love is covered in ants. Yep. 
Uh, so you you stride into the 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 Lacoil Metalworks, mm. um, uh, and inside uh, is this broad, uh, tall man uh, turned away from from the entrance, uh, watching an apprentice, uh, just a young, stocky, sort of weedy little kid. Um, is he stocky or is he weedy? He's he's weedy. Okay. Um, I think we all know what Dylan means when he says weedy. Mm. Um, I see. He yeah. uh, it means I'm allergic to him. <laughs> he's uh, he's he's watching this kid work. This kid's not much older than than Punk would be, but yeah. very clearly less experienced with the world. Okay. Um, and and yeah, uh, so so this large man is observing him work uh, as this this kid is putting some uh, detailed touches on this really magnificent suit of armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's very clear the 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 larger man did most of the work on right it's right. this uh resplendent bird motif for this full plate armor where all of the plates are these feathered uh uh sort of uh draping uh almost scales uh, that are are uh that culminate in this uh metal wing motif coming off of the shoulders uh it's it's very nice custom expensive work um dylan in this world are uh-huh. there uh bird people like aracocra or is this just like is this is this a suit of armor like such as a a bird person would wear or is it just like an aesthetic thing it's mostly an aesthetic thing the okay. uh the uh helmet right is shaped like a bird's head it's oh i see the the beak crowns over the the top of the head right um you know, it okay. It is very clearly for some for a human or somebody proportioned like a human, mm-hmm. uh, who for whatever reason identifies themselves with bird kind. Right. Um, Are there bird people? So yeah. Do those exist? Uh, not that you're aware of. Fair enough. Um, who knows what they haven't come seen up any with flying overhead? Yeah. All right. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah. So that's that's the site you're met with when you enter into the workshop. Hey, Dad. Uh, gonna... the, the large guy, uh, like barely taking his eyes off of the, the work of the, the apprentice for a second, uh, uh, sort of acknowledges you and, and nods and says, I'll be right there. And then he takes a second mm. and then spins around <laughs> and just wide eyed with excitement. He says, Tess, Dad, you're home. I am. I brought a friend. Uh, and he scoops you up in this big old bear hug. Aww. Um, he says, Tess, it's been, oh, it's been months. Yeah, like seven, I think. I don't know. There aren't many calendars out in the prairie towns. So remind me what you were doing out there again. I was building houses. Right. Yeah. For And, and this was institute work. Yeah. Okay. Automated self-sustaining houses out in the prairie so that people wouldn't, you know, just randomly die. Because of a lack of water and electricity and such. Hmm. Tess, you're doing you're doing amazing work, and I'm so proud of you. But you know your talents are wasted. Yeah, I mean, saving people's lives isn't really a waste of talent. Where's that little goblin of yours? Oh, I pick Love up and just put him on a workbench while he's struggling with his ugly little. Oh mess. no! What happened to you, little guy? He ate some popcorn. Oh, Tess. I didn't give it to him. Well, if not you, then who? My friend, 
Dad, what? this oh. is Ali. Oh. Um, Pleasure uh, to meet you. Ali holds his hands behind his back, and I want to I wanna roll performance to make this seem as much as possible like it's just like a cultural thing. Like, my people don't shake hands. Like, we hold our hands behind our backs and we bow deeply. But in reality, it is because Ali's hands are so sticky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make, make a performance check for me. Thank you. Can I have inspiration? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cool. Wait, you had inspiration. No, I meant, like, advantage is what I meant. Oh, okay, um, okay. Uh, okay, let's go. That's it. That's a twenty-one. Yeah, Ali just very compo- Like he he puts on this, you know, like monk aspect. Like he tries to look as like sagacious as possible. He says, ah, "Mohammed Ali, blessings upon your workshop." Uh, suddenly incredibly regal. Uh, like he's done it a thousand times before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tessa's father. Uh, returns your bow with all the grace in the world. Um, Ali's impressed. Yeah. Uh. And he says, rarely ever meet a hobbit that bows. Uh, nice to meet you, Mr. Ali. Uh, yes, we are usually close enough to the ground already. Ah. <laughs> uh, so, what brings you back to town? Well, on the way back, uh-huh. I stopped at a small border town called Shallow Mist. I'm sure you've heard of it. That's, uh, that's way out on the border, isn't it? It is. And, um, fell into some business of the military suasion. So now, technically, I'm part of the protectorate, somewhat, and so is Ali. Hmm. So really, we came to stop by the protectorate headquarters and have a chat with them about some stuff. But I figured, why not visit home while I'm also here? Uh, as as you're telling him about your your adventures with the military, uh, your father's face grows grim. Yeah. Uh, and and he uh, turns to to look out over the rest of his workshop, uh, and you notice for the first time uh, these metalworks that you had taken as just more of his work uh, seem to be fashioned uh, all in the likeness of uh, the the. Uh, animals that you had seen in the fountain. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've all got their mouths open, and they've got these long barrels protruding from them. Uh. Um, oh, like guns. Right. Uh, and they're enormous. Yeah. Uh, like they would need to be drawn by horses. Um, and uh, uh, your father says, uh, the war comes for us all, I guess. <clears throat> Yes, it has a way of doing that. You know, I I had meant to write uh, when I took the the contract. I I, did, I didn't want you to have to come home to these monstrosities. But uh, mm. so, uh, what's what's the nature of your work with with the the protectorate? Um, that's classified. His uh his eyes open wide in surprise. To that point, sir. Uh would it be possible to speak somewhere uh, a little more secure? Uh, uh, he turns and nods and then looks over at his apprentice, who has just this whole time been laser-focused on uh, trying to get it right, mm-hmm. uh, the, the work that he's doing. Uh, and Tess's father says, All right, let's wrap it up for the day. You can, you can head home. 
uh, and the kid. Uh, Thanks, Mister Lacoil. The the kid finishes one last uh, uh, chiseling that he was doing, uh, wipes off his tools, places them back in their their regular place, uh, hangs up his apron, and saunters on out. Um, uh, and in the meantime, um, Tess's father has uh, ushered the both of you upstairs to mm-hmm. the living quarters, mm-hmm. um, uh, and he is uh, busy at work making a fine tea for the party. Nice. Uh, to enjoy in this lovely little humble little sitting room. Three questions. They're quick, I promise. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. First question, probably the longest. Um, Ali would like to rack his memory to see if the essentially they signed an NDA for the for the Shadowstone Collective, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to try to remember if that was just like a legal thing or if this is a contract that is magically binding. Like, will we incur any metaphysical penalty by talking about this? Not that you're aware of. Okay. Um, it's not. It's not a magical contract. You signed a paper. Okay. Cool. Um, that said you wouldn't talk about it. Okay. Uh, and if anybody found out that you were leaking military secrets, that carries some penalties. Right. But what they don't know ain't gonna hurt them. That's uh, right. There's a. There's a. There's a binding there, but not in a. All right, not in an arcane sense. Okay. Second question. Uh-huh. Is that, could Tess direct Ali somewhere to where he could wash his hands discreetly? Oh yes. Yeah. And third. Tess just kind of like. Go ahead. Points to a bathroom. Ah, thank you. And third, uh, yeah, indoor plumbing—that's new. Possibly, Ali is going to take so long to figure it out. Uh, third, and possibly most important question: Is this tea in the Salasihim fashion? That is to say, lightly is salted. It salted. Absolutely, yes. yes. Fuck yes. Um, wait, how do I roll to figure out if I can figure out plumbing? <laughs> You—it's not that hard. You like spend you a minute think. or two like playing with knobs and and the flushing lever, what? and you. <laughs> You solve it. There's a sensor. Why isn't the sensor... Wa- the sensor is racist. Why isn't this sensor... Wa- <laughs> this sense... Just because I can't reach it doesn't mean I shouldn't be allowed to wash my hands. <laughs> um, uh, in fact, the tea, when you uh, come back out from the, uh, from the, the bathroom, mm-hmm. the tea is laid out uh, on this, this low-rise little table mm-hmm. uh, next to uh, these, these great little... Uh, these cushions, right? It's all floor seating because mm-hmm. the Solacene were all about floor seating. Um, and uh, there are, in fact, five different salts oh, to finish yes. your tea with. That's so good. There's a black salt, a Himalayan pink salt. Yeah. Which isn't Himalayan in this world. No. It's Himalayan. Yeah. That's so good. There's uh, a fine green sea salt. Oh, yes, please. You're like yeah. void uh, salts when you kill yeah. a vampire in Skyrim infused salts so you've got like rosemary salt oh that's pine so good tree salt that's so good ali very yeah. uh very ceremoniously sits and and just sprinkles a little bit and stirs it up it takes a little sippy sip and it is the happiest you have ever seen this little man and he he this just strange little hobbit man he just dips his finger lightly in and sprinkles it uh just to the floor and he says life for your crop well, your your crop is metal, so I wouldn't put I I wouldn't actually put tea no, on put it. Life I, in it. I so. wouldn't want to yeah. damage the, the symbolism remains. Uh, uh, Tess's father, um, unclear on this particular ceremony, uh, just like raises his tea at you and says, "And to you," and uh, starts taking a sip. Oh, right on. Um, he knows yeah. how to react appropriately when given a blessing that doesn't align with his particular belief system. Oh yeah, Nicola is a cool guy. His name is Niccolo? Yeah. 
Nicola. 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 Nicola LaCoil. Why wouldn't it be? Middle name Tess, last name LaCoil. Yep. Uh, Yeah, so you're home. I'm home. Okay. Dad, I trust you. Uh, You should. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know where to begin. Tess, forgive me. And, uh, Sy LaCoil, I mean no disrespect. But we should perhaps begin by uh, conducting the examination that revealed the troubles we met uh, back at the fort. Yes. Uh, So, fall into the military somehow. And, well, the troop... It's honestly such a blur. It felt so strange. Uh, Anyway, so there was an approaching danger... I mean, like, before we tell this cat anything, shouldn't we make sure he's not oh, being yeah. mind-controlled? Because, like, we have no oh, idea how yeah. pervasive that is. That's fair. How would we... Uh, arcana checks? How would we test that? That's fair. Can I make an arcana check on my own father? Sure. I shall make one as well. Go oh, for okay. it. Cool. It is an 18. It's a... Okay, I'm gonna let you have that one, then. Uh, mine's just a 12. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, the only magical effects, uh, in in or around this workshop stop at the staircase upstairs yeah mm-hmm. I figured. Um, very good yeah it seems that the uh the living quarters up here are uh secured against yeah um mm. say scrying or uh magical effects from anywhere outside of the the premises yeah mm. dad's a cool guy so okay ollie and i met in shallowness when they were evacuating the town because Kavakana troops were approaching and were ostensibly going to kill everyone. Um, the protectorate came in, told everyone to leave, and escorted all of the civilians to Port Stormstride. But on the way there, we both note, take, took note of a protectorate troop, trooper, making his way back to town. And that was super suspicious, so we followed him, followed him down this well, and followed him into a very strange, very old-looking control room. Mm-hmm. And he activated what he called a gate and told us to leave and go to Fort Stormstride about something called... Ah, uh, it was Project Shadowstone. Yes, thank you. Project Shadowstone. And we get to Fort Stormstride after a couple of days of travel, and they let us know that uh, now the civilians made it back there, which is super... Sus, and it, also, it was two weeks later than we had expected, even though we had only traveled for two days. Tess, what have you gotten yourself into? Uh, the Secret Services? I'm not sure. Anyway, all of that happened, and we went back to relay some things, but when we went back to Fort Stormstride after a relay, quote-unquote, mission, supposedly the civilians were found, and the entire ballot battalion left to go rescue them from some approaching dangerous thing, and we witnessed, again, the second-in-command go into the commanding officer's office and just start rifling, and there was something really wrong with him. Like, you could just feel it. Like, there was nothing inside of him. He was empty. Like, he, it felt like if I... It felt like if you're one of your suit of armor just started up and walking around by its own, by itself, started making its own choices, started pretending like it was person. And when we tried to bring that to the attention of another man also involved in Project Shadowstone, he... Didn't see what we saw. He just, I don't know. And at that point, we realized the place wasn't safe. So we left to come to Ironsides ourselves and talk to the protectorate. And 
Now we're home. Uh, Nicola uh, takes all of this in, and he thinks for a moment. Uh, and before anything else, he points at Ali, and he says, Whatever happens, you keep her safe. Your mic's muted, Casey. You have my word, sir. You have the word of the last son of House Mohabbat. Uh, he keeps your gaze for a minute, and you can just feel uh, his... Uh, if, if, if he, he, he leaves you with the impression that if anything were to happen to Tess, mm -hmm. he is going to blame you personally, and you don't want him to blame you personally for Very anything. Good. Right on. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, he looks over at, at you, Tess, and he says, okay, I shouldn't know anything you just told me. No. And you shouldn't know what I'm about to tell you. Fair, oh. Fair trade. Ah, seems like we got ourselves both mixed up in the military, Dad. There are rumors that the peak of the Holy Mountain uh, has been repurposed for some military project as regards the defense of the Protectorate. I haven't done any work personally on the mountain, but... Who is? Several of the artisans around town. What? We've all been conscripted to help with the war effort. But it's the mountain. You can't touch the mountain. I don't know the details. All I know are the rumors. What? And Project Shadowstone is a name I've heard floating around the city. Mm -hmm. Connected with whatever is at the top of that mountain. Were I've you given done some digging myself. What's up? Were you given a choice regarding your cooperation? Insofar as the defense of our homeland is concerned, it's not much of a choice. Mm. Um, this won't be the first time, nor the last time I've manufactured weapons of war, mm. but every time it is regrettable. Mm. So, best not to dwell on it. <clears throat> the Protectorate troops were using this weird type of energy gun. Do you know anything about those? They had rifles. Mm -hmm. but their rifles could fell several men at once, and I don't know. Wait, where did you get that? I didn't get one. No, no, no. Where, oh. where are you? Dylan, the DM, is asking where okay, are you wait. making that up <laughs> Well, from? when they were, they shot something and it, like, exploded. What? Do you not remember when we witnessed the troops shooting things? Right. At Fort Stormstride, they were doing target practice, yeah, and yeah. the targets were being torn apart by bullets. Yeah, and thus, oh, okay. Well, the way you described it to me, I thought it was magic. Never mind. Just take that out. No, this this is this has been a this has been a recurring confusion as to whether or not these are magic weapons or just guns, and they are they are just guns. Okay, well the way you described them, Dylan, was like magic guns. No, no, no. no. the The way I was describing them as tearing apart these straw and wooden targets. You meant like machine yeah. guns? No, it was to impress upon you that these are weapons the like of which you haven't seen previously, yeah, and that they are uh, quite powerful, and you don't want them turned on anybody made of meat yeah and that sounds like magic <laughs> yeah. in a well, magic and, world and that's the thing i mean if we're talking about yeah. clark's law that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic then really when it comes down to it is distinguishing between pointing your finger and shooting a you know a burning ray at someone and pointing this gun and pulling the trigger and you know blowing their head off is is that really a meaningful distinction at that stage that's fair so yeah Scrap uh, that then. Well, no, I it said was none of that. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I'm glad. I'm glad we've cleared that up uh, metatextually. 
Yeah. But yeah, for the purposes of the conversation. Metatextually. Yeah. Uh, you kind of gloss over that one. Yeah. So. Um, no, Ali God. washed his hands. He's not glazed anymore. That's true. So, uh, <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to discuss with, with Nicola? Um, military secrets and that aside. Oh, Dad, you've had dealings with the militaries. With the military. Do you know of a man named Akers Sulf? No, I can't say that I do. Never heard the name, ever? No, why? Just some... Who is he? Ah, uh, some jerk we met in the military. Uh, have you ever heard of or dealt with a man referred to as Nameless? Oh. Ah. So he does have a name. He is called things. Whether or not he has a name, I imagine, is a different question. Huh. Um... Yeah, uh, a buddy of mine did some work for a fella, referred to himself as Nameless. Mm. Seemed like kind of a dick. He is. He's an enormous, enormous douchebag. So wait, are you mixed up with him? In so much as no. Mm. He just appears every now and then. He is clearly pursuing his own agenda, and, uh... Our pursuit of our own has brought our paths to cross with his on a handful of occasions. We do not really understand him or what he wants. Huh. Just wanted to know if you had any any information on him. Aside from that, though, I really need to fix Love's face because there was kind of an incident and I just pop off the, like, gnome head. Oh, and he's all just no. kind of smashed to bits. Oh, little buddy. It's full of cotton candy yeah. in there. It's full of cotton candy. And also his little spider monkey face is kind of cratered inwards uh well tess i'm glad to have you home you have full run of the workshop as much time as you need awesome it's good to be home do you know when you're planning on leaving again i uh, no, not really we need to talk to the protectorate and we'll see from there honestly what about your studies at the institute i guess those are just on hold right now i suppose i should pop in and let them know that i finished that project specifically and see if they have anything to say or need anything but other than that i should be should be fine that was kind of the one big last thing left hmm. so well aside from that though ali mm. you mentioned once briefly something about gauntlets mr leckwell hmm you are a gentleman of uh, sufficient years that if I were to mention to you uh, the siege of the Sazavan Protectorate near the beginning of the war, it would uh, ring in your memory, yes? Yeah. Then you will understand uh, my reluctance to engage with magics. However, the time I have spent... Uh, with your daughter, who has been a true and loyal companion to me, the first I have had in many, many years, has shown me that magic can be like any other tool. Its nature uh, can be determined by the hand wielding it. And while I will never like or trust it, I recognize that the world is changing and that a new and different class of warfare is being waged. To that... So you want a pair of gauntlets? I do not want them, but I have sworn to you on the face of my father 
to do everything within my power to protect the life of your daughter, and I fear I would be remiss in execution of that oath if I did not use every tool available to me in so doing. Anything for Tess. Mm. I'll start work immediately. Mm. Thank you for the tea. Anything else? Uh, you found a fancy knife. I just want to pull out one of the knives. Cool. I was thinking maybe I'd fashion uh, Loves' his new legs out of him. God, okay. Don't Gold you think that'd legs. be cool? Sure, sure. You know, Tess, uh, your weird little gremlin uh, has been your personal project for years, uh, and I couldn't be happier to see that you're continually making improvements. Well, he needs to. I need to introduce him to a market at some point. Aldi, did I ever let you know what love was? Uh, Why the knives, though? So he could help cook. He's an uh, in-home assistant. No, I, w- I was never clear on that. I, I am not. I am not one hundred percent certain. I don't still oh. believe he's a demon. That's that's fair. So normally, Magitex, we we have our own companions. We have familiars mm-hmm. essentially that we we make. And I figured, you know, I think it would be super helpful if. I created a personal assistant tinker toy of mm-hmm. such, and uh, that was kind of what love just kind of fell into being. Mm. And now he looks like this, and this really wasn't what I was thinking in my head. The knives are supposed to be more useful than this, and more helpful. And I guess technically they are useful, just not in the way that I intended. <laughs> all in all, I thought he would, you know, help cook mm. and, like, get the newspaper every now and then. Mm. Ali's just picturing, like, a newspaper being brought in. Just looks like it's been through a shredder. Yeah. Uh, there is, uh, as you're explaining about, um, about love, there's a knock at the front door downstairs. Ah. Uh, that Nicola, um, just excuses himself from the room to go, go answer the door. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your father was a good man. Yeah. I mean, he's the only person I have left. Mm. I know the feeling. All right. Sips tea awkwardly. They just no, sip there's, tea no, there's in no, silence. No, no, no. There's, there's no awkwardness. Not like awkward silence. Just solemn silence. Exactly. I guess it's the first time they've really gotten to just like sit down and didn't have like a weird pressing thing happen. Exactly. Solemn Sahim. There yeah, it solemn is. Solemn Sahim silence. So yeah. Um, is there anything that you would like to do here in the workshop? Oh, in the workshop. Or uh, would you like to leave the workshop? I don't want to leave the workshop. I would like mm. to go downstairs and fix Love's face. All right. And let his legs. Uh, so you go downstairs. Nicola is now talking with a an elf who is not quite as tall as Nicola is. Mm-hmm. Uh, very lithe, um, very fine coat. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both looking over a set of schematics. Fun. Yeah. Ali, would you like to see how love is deconstructed and reconstructed? I know you don't like magic, but I think that this would be a nice intro because it isn't violent magic. It's creative magic. All right, Ali is making a very difficult, uh, deliberate decision in his head to attempt to split his understanding of magic into, Mm. like, horrifying war crime weapons of destruction and other. (laughs) So he is not on board, let the record show that, but he he is willing to have his mind suggested to be changed that's fair and he trusts tess he doesn't think she would intentionally truck with anything inherently evil 
Yeah, yeah. All right. right. So you begin your work on love. Yes. After I tell him to go to sleep, because you never do it while he's awake. Oh, God. <laughs> you spook him. Yeah. I just go, it's time to go to sleep, buddy. And he uh, uh, quits struggling with his weird, awful, gummed up workings. Uh, <laughs> and and the uh, glowing eyes grow dim. Um the whirring and clicking of his internal mechanisms quiets. Mm. Uh, and for the first time in your entire journey together, love goes still. Uh, Not the first time. Yeah, because he was, I mean, he even, was powered down. If, even yeah. when he's been incapacitated, you've still heard his whirring and clicking. I was going to say, like the, like the fan was still on when you closed yeah. your yeah. laptop. Okay. So mm. I proceed to take like his faceplate off, fashion a new one real fast. Another I mean, thing of- the... The cleaning and repairs that you want to make are going to take, like, three days. That's fair. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, I start by taking his faceplate off. All right. Yeah. So you go about your work. Uh, Ali, do you want to just hang around and observe? Um, I'm torn because I want to help with love. Um, Ali has not necessarily mechanical inclination, but he likes to make things and do things with his hands. But he also wants to go talk to Nicola about the gauntlets. Do I have time to mm. do both? I mean, I don't see why not. Oh, okay. I, just... I mean, Nicola is is otherwise occupied right now. Oh, okay. I thought he... All right, then cool. No, yeah, then I'll hang out and uh, help with love. I'll be uh, an assistant. Cool. Uh, so yeah. Don't forget your safety glasses. Oh. <laughs> she just shoves them on his face. Thank you. They're so huge. They're so yeah. huge on his little halfling face. So, my dad lost his eye in an incident. Mm. I never used to wear safety goggles. Never believed in them. Didn't think I needed them. It's magic work, you know? Mm. And then, you know... This strikes you as very odd, because you don't... Uh, and even looking back at, at Nicola, where he's standing, mm-hmm. he looks like he has two perfectly fine eyes. I was trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, did it uh, grow back? Oh, no, he just made one. Hmm. It's his, his, his right eye. It's probably, like, his finest piece of craftsmanship. That's what he's going to tell you later on, later tonight at dinner. It's his finest piece of craftsmanship. If you look really, really closely into the pupil, you can see the lenses shift uh you glance back at him uh and uh he has overheard your conversation mm-hmm. uh and his left eye stays on the schematic and he keeps talking uh, oh. uh clearly like <laughs> occupied but his right eye looks directly at ali and you can see him cracking just a little bit of a smile yep he, and then he, he looks back at the paper he implanted magic into his own head? Yeah. I mean, really, it just kind of felt like a natural transition. It also helped him a lot with the finer detail work in the the suits of armor that he makes. So, love. <coughs> <laughs> yes, sorry. Uh, no, weird I, spider monkey. First, it, we're going to take his legs off. Ali just needs some time. He's trying to adjust. <laughs> this is just... Yep. <laughs> So we'll leave you guys in, uh, to work in the workshop, uh, and we will catch up with you when that work is finished next time on Dyson Virtue. Right on. Thanks for listening, all our buddies. Thanks, guys. Thanks. We'll be back next week, as we always are. Uh, you can find us on the internet at semiautomagicinc.com. You can find us on Patreon. Go Patreon. to our.com. Patreon.com slash semiautomagicinc. Uh, you can find a link to our Discord on the website. We have a Facebook page. We have a Facebook page. We're on Twitter. Uh, we've updated our uh, uh, our players page on the website, so you can get at our uh, 
our our personal Twitter accounts. Uh, if you want to send your questions or comments directly to us, um, and yeah, we're we're looking forward to bringing you another fun fun episode. Join us Thursday nights for live episode premieres and short Q and A afterward. Um, around seven Pacific Standard Time. We're still working it out. Um. Thanks for listening, all our buddies. Thanks, guys. Bye, all our buddies. Sever your leg. It's the greatest day. Bye.